now there's another scene we absolutely have to talk about. I just want to clarify. So you watched Agent Carter. I have not yet. But I just mm-hmm. want to make sure. Daniel Souza is a trained spy, correct? Yes. And the best diversion he can come up with is, <laughs> where does everybody eat lunch on a ship that I've been on for a while now? <laughs> Is he the worst yeah. liar in the world? Hey, you can't uh, blame him. We cannot forget Chast- Chastity McBride. Even she would be appalled at this. Welcome to the Marvelous Madams Podcast. We're your hosts, Madam Chris. And I'm Madam Amy. We are burdened with the glorious purpose of talking all things Marvel. Madams Assemble. Before we start the episode today, we just want to give a quick shout out to Mr. Ed Tefexis, who was a little under the weather this week. Yeah, Ed, hope you feel better soon. Take care, buddy. Unfortunately, poor Ed is probably more depressed now, along with the rest of us, after this latest episode. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, it was rough, but it was so good. It was good, but oh, God, I'm going to start tearing up again. I know. I know, but can we please give a round of applause to Elizabeth Henstridge for directing this episode? Fantastic job. And I can't believe this was her directorial debut. Yeah, I know. She was fucking amazing. Yeah, knocked it out of the park. Everything from the performances she got out of everyone to the way it was all put together. Just fantastic. Yeah, everyone this episode was absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, but... For me, the standouts in terms of performance of this episode are Clark Gregg and Joel Stover. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But I also feel like Chloe Bennett did a wonderful job. She was good, but she was more understated in this, you know? Yeah, she let the others shine. Yes. But she did a wonderful job. She did. Yes. Uh, Because, yeah, Clark Gregg was just on fire in this episode. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) And, you know, I was caught off guard and I shouldn't have been. A few weeks ago, you know, people were talking on Twitter when Enoch came back saying, oh, God, he's so devoted that watch out. He's going to sacrifice himself for Fitz or for the good of the team. And I had agreed at the time. I was like, oh, shit, I think you're right. And with all the craziness of these last few episodes, I just forgot about it. Yeah. Well, in my case, I... Didn't want to think about it. That's why I purposely didn't think about it. But I think, well, I can't blame you considering with, you know, me being all my, oh, Colson is going to be evil. Yeah, God knows. Sending you poop has sucked up a lot of my time lately. (laughs) (laughs) And then I was also busy raging over Nathaniel Malik too. Yeah, that's true. But that's justified. Agreed. So let's get to the top of the episode here. As we saw in the promo... The team is trapped in a time storm and no big deal, but they're going to get sucked into a vortex and removed entirely from existence. Presumably so. Yeah. Which the thought of is bad enough, honestly. Yeah, just just the thought of, let alone the reality. So, yeah, shit's hitting the fan pretty quick. Uh, You know, Mac goes blind right away. Yeah. Those burns looked rough. He looked like Deathlock. (laughs) Yeah, actually, 
I didn't think of that, but yeah, yeah, kind of. Yeah, so Daisy just kind of wakes up to this chaos. Uh, Yo-Yo is mostly trapped in the Quinjet this episode. We really don't see much of her. In fact, Yo-Yo, May, and Mac are, they're in this episode, but they're not really a focus of what's going on. Yeah, this episode, like we've seen the pattern this entire season, every episode is focusing on on a pair. This episode was basically Daisy and Colson. With the subgroup being Sousa, Enoch, Deke, and Gemma. Yeah. Yeah, so this first wake up, we have Mac being blinded, Yo-Yo being trapped, and then Gemma opens the drawer. Yes. We need to talk about this drawer. Thank you. I thought it was just me. No. What freaked her out about this drawer? I can't figure out if it's something that was niggling at the back of her mind or Enoch had already gone through it and she noticed. I don't think it would be Enoch has gone through it because they're looping. So Enoch wouldn't have the pre-knowledge of... The whole taking out the implant thing. True, because they hadn't gotten to that point yet, which makes me even more curious now about what the hell Gemma saw in that drawer that freaked her out. Besides bad, cheap cologne. Uh, Yeah, it's about the cologne. I think that the cologne is not cologne. What the hell do you think it is? Okay, so we've seen this drawer open like a gazillion times, right? Yes. But... The one time when Sousa opens the drawer, the cologne is missing. Is it? Yeah. Oh, I didn't catch that. Is it the same cologne every time? Is it the same (laughs) tattletale cologne? Yep, it is. But this time the cologne is missing. And this time when Sousa takes the scanner, he immediately dies. Right. So... He didn't have to go into the procedure room for the gas leak or any of that. Right. So something was there with something that he touched on the scanner that poisoned him. Right. Yeah, obviously. So maybe that cologne was poison. It was not cologne. No, it like injected something into him from the scanner, from that surgical device. Yeah, but how did it get injected automatically? Oh, obviously, you've never seen Law Abiding Citizen. <laughs> because that totally happens in that movie. <laughs> I just I just assumed that Enoch could, like, engineer something pretty easily to make that injectable with poison. Yeah, okay, all right, okay. That makes sense, but... Where did the poison come from? Yes, and the cologne is missing. That one time the cologne is missing. Why would Deke have poison? I don't think it's Deke's. I mean, it could just be Axe body spray because I'm fairly certain if you were to inject Axe body spray in yourself, that's exactly what would happen. Well, true. Yeah. Good thing we're not trying to get them as sponsors. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) I would... If Axe body spray came to us wanting to sponsor this show, I would run the other way. (laughs) <laughs> I would I wouldn't just delete that email I would burn my laptop make sure to use some of that axe body spray so that it you know burns quickly it's a good point mm. I think that 
Gemma kind of knew that this cologne is not cologne, it's poison, which is why, thanks to Diana, it's there sort of in the back of her mind, it's niggling there, which is why every time she opens the drawer, she pauses. Maybe. She knows there's something about this cologne, either that or the Rubik's Cube. I think the Rubik's Cube is there just because it's funny, because it's the only toy as annoying as Deke himself. I don't find Rubik's Cubes annoying. Of course you don't. What is that supposed to mean? Nerd. (laughs) Oh, fuck you. Really? Really? As if I'm not not a nerd, I, I fucking have... A dozen Marvel Funkos on my shelf in my office. Come on. I'm going to go with the cologne because that was the thing that was missing. Yeah, that makes sense. Ooh, ooh. The Rubik's Cube is a red herring, which is interesting because the red of the red side of the Rubik's Cube was showing. If that's the case, then that's amazing attention to detail on their part. Hmm. Which they've been doing all season. So it could very well be. Yeah, true. Now, another thing I really love about this episode is that Daisy has an arc just within this episode. Yeah. And it's such a testament to her character that as soon as she wakes up, she remembers and she immediately starts problem solving. Yeah, that's good. It takes her one one jump, yeah. one redo yeah. to figure out something is off. Yeah. And have I mentioned before how badly I want my own healing chamber? <laughs> I would gladly sleep in that thing every night. I haven't been able to sleep with my own husband in four months anyway. Why not? Give me a healing chamber. I'll sleep in that shit every night. Fix me. It kind of reminds me of those uh, capsule hotels. No idea what you're talking about. It started, I think, primarily in Japan. But capsule hotels are basically just the size of a queen-sized bed. Uh, you crawl in and... You have a little TV and that's it. it there's no walking space. Uh, not a fan. Uh, I'm actually kind of looking forward to doing that one day. I, I need to get this out. I love her boots. I fucking love her boots. Yeah, they made a big deal out of showing those boots, didn't they? Yeah. Every time. Someone. I think Henstridge loves boots as much as I do. We could bond over that. She does wear a lot of boots, doesn't she? Yeah, she does actually, yes. Yeah. Even Daisy does. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, they are sturdy. True. And of course, we can't forget Yo-Yo's steel-toed Doc Martens. Damn right. I do love the footwear in this show. I also love Daisy and Sousa's arc here. So we'll start here. Every time Daisy wakes up, she's more and more unsettled by the fact that Sousa is there waiting for her. Yeah. And it is absolutely brilliant. (sighs) the way they condensed this entire arc in one episode with the whole time loop. Yeah, the script is fantastic. And I just want to, sometimes in this episode, I just want to wring her neck. Would you buy a fucking clue? How do you not understand? He likes you. What is this? Yeah, but she's been so burned, if you will, on previous relationships and things like that. I mean, I can't blame her for being hesitant. And this guy has basically gravitated towards her from day one. Oh, I don't think it's hesitance. No, it's a complete lack of self-awareness once again with these women who are just like, what? I'm appealing? You like me? Oh, that's what this is? You like me? (laughs) (laughs) 
She's got better things to think about. I don't. That's all I'd be thinking about if I'm staring at Daniel Souza every time I wake up. And Well, of course, that's you. Yeah, me personally, I, I admire her self-restraint because the moment, <laughs> the moment I figured out I'm in a time loop, I'm on him in that chair. Well, she's trying to save their lives, you see. Uh, Daisy and I have different priorities. What can I tell you? Dude, if she saves everyone's lives, she has all the time in the world to get on him on a chair, in the healing chamber, out of the healing chamber, In the wherever. healing chamber? Did you see the size of that thing? I think it's been too long for you, Missy. You need to get, get your head back around these logistics. <laughs> no, the dome is big enough for two people. <laughs> On top of each other? Are we seriously arguing about whether two people could have sex inside the healing chamber on a fictional television show? Oh my god. Where well, have I we mean, gone? Yeah. <laughs> well, granted, they can't move around too much, but two people can fit in there on top of each other, I think. What I love... What I love, too, is that Sousa spends most of this episode confused, and he's great at it. <laughs> yeah yeah he is honestly can't blame him right no not at all he's getting a lot of mixed signals <laughs> <laughs> it helps that he forgets every loop so that's true although that may be part of the problem i don't know so daisy realizes her number one tool in figuring this thing out is colson yeah and Colson is fucking frustrated. <laughs> Clark Craig is everything in this episode. Everything yeah, I've always wanted. Absolutely. <laughs> Poor guy. He remembers everything and he is beyond frustrated. He's like, yeah, it's annoying because you know who has to teach you every time? This guy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, at that in that scene, it almost seemed like he wasn't acting. That this was just Clark. And I could see that because how many times have they filmed the same scene? Yeah, and how... I was actually just thinking about this. How irritating and boring it must have been for all the cast members, but probably probably with the exception to Chloe and Clark, but everyone else is repeating the same thing over and over and over again. And it's not like you get it in one take. You have to do it every time, like multiple takes. How boring it must have been. I'd have been losing my mind too. Yeah. And I didn't spend the last year as Max Headroom. <laughs> that itself will cause insanity. Yeah. And the fact that they've been through this 87 times that Coulson know, knows of is just mind blowing. 87 times and then we join them. Yeah. If I were Coulson, I'd have stuck a fork in an outlet like after 10 times. <laughs> So they run out of time again after Coulson explains everything to her. But with each time, they're running out of time because they're getting closer and closer to the vortex with each loop. Yeah. And I actually didn't notice this the first time I saw the episode. The second time I saw it, when they showed the outside of the Zephyr, we do actually see the Zephyr getting closer to the white light. You are so good at picking up those little details that I miss every time. Thank you. So at this point, Daisy and Colson are like, hmm, maybe more heads are better than two. Let's bring in the whole team on this, which really reinforces the fact that they are always a team. Yeah. 
They get everybody together. And it's at this point that Deke realizes, oh, shit, Nana can figure this out if we take out the implant. Mm hmm. And hilarity ensues. It does, because they are caught immediately by Daisy and Coulson because they're on a plane. There's no privacy in this place. <laughs> the secret. Yeah, true. The secret is out. And you know what? The damn secret needed to come out. Yeah, it did. I think we kind of lost our bet. You know, both of us were thinking about how long would Deke be able to keep this? I don't know what you're talking about. Uh -huh. I recall no such uh -huh. thing. Uh-huh. Okay. I need to put in some clips from previous episodes. Um, so he actually did keep his end of the deal. He did keep his promise. He did. He surprised me. He didn't me. tell anyone else. Yeah, he surprised me. Yeah, yeah. It was Daisy and Colson who managed to overhear. So good on him. Yeah. And how does Daisy get Gemma to believe in this whole time loop deal? Flabotna. My new fucking favorite word. <laughs> you know, mentally, whenever they say flabotna, I kept saying flabotmi in my head. Like drawing blood? No, lobotomy, phlebotomy. Oh, oh, no, that didn't cross my mind. What, what is drawing blood, phlebotomy? Phlebotomy is the, is the science of drawing blood, like a phlebotomist is somebody who draws blood. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. So Gemma agrees and is like, all right, yeah, I guess you guys wouldn't be asking me to do this unless lives were at stake. So let's get this shit done. Yeah. And... There's a bit of a problem yeah. with people dying. Yeah. Every time somebody tries to remove Gemma's implant, they die. And Gemma goes first. Yeah. Yeah. I love how just for a couple of minutes, the show turns from a sci-fi show to an Agatha Christie who done it. Seriously, I felt like this was a fucking game of Clue. <laughs> it was amazing. And I did not think gas at first, honestly. I I don't know. I thought like I didn't even think it was a person necessarily doing it. I was thinking there was some force that was making her sick from from within. Like Darth Vader crushing her throat from far away? Something like that? Uh, not a Star Wars fan, so wouldn't necessarily say that. But like some kind of paranormal type, maybe alien force causing her body to turn against itself. Yeah, I was thinking that the implant is ensuring that it can't come out by basically sending some kind of signal in her body to make her asphyxiate. Yes, some kind of self, some kind of self-defense mechanism. Yes. Yeah. That's pretty it. much. But we do figure it out pretty quickly. We go through another loop, go through the same thing again, flabatna, and <laughs> this time Daisy's like, "You know what? Uh, I'm going to go in with you." You know what? This kind of reminded me of like middle school days when girls go shopping together and they go into one fitting room together so that they don't have to wait for a second one to open. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking more like, uh, you know, uh, girls always go to the loo in pairs. I guess most do. I never did that. Well, it, well, for us, it was a rule. 
but otherwise also say oh i'm going to the loo will you join me and okay sure yeah yeah that's true so this time daisy dies along with her but does notice beforehand that the gas line is cut and seeping out yes she does but of course she forgets because she died and Colson is pissed off. He has the best reaction ever. What a pain in the ass. <laughs> because he knows he's going to have to Bill Murray his way through this with Daisy all over again. Yeah. <laughs> so at least they're able to do it pretty quickly this time. Oh, well, I think they didn't show us all of it, you know, because we'd get bored again going through the whole thing. Sure. Time constraints of, of the show itself. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think they're able to do it quicker this time because they get more done. Yeah, they do. They get, they're getting faster and more efficient each time. Probably because Colson is just shoving the information down her throat by the end of it. Yeah. So Daisy and Colson bring Gemma, Deke, and Enoch in for a usual suspects lineup. Mm -hmm. And we realize, like, yeah, it has to be one of them because nobody else knows about the implant. Right. And what breaks my heart is that Enoch is clearly clueless. He has no idea what he's been doing. Yeah, I agree. Even Gemma doesn't have any idea that Enoch is the one who's doing it no. because she's forgotten. Right. And with Enoch, it's like one part of the programming wasn't talking to the other purposely. Yeah, like sleeper agents. Yeah, exactly. Which is kind of what my theory was about Colson. That hasn't panned out. Not yet. Oh, my God. What is wrong with you? Why do you <laughs> why do you so desperately want him to turn evil? Because it would be fun. You do realize there's only four episodes left. Yeah, I know. Hey, Game of Thrones fucked up eight seasons in one episode. Anything can happen. Okay. I've heard this rant before. I'm not in the mood. (laughs) So we go through another loop. And again, Coulson's like, we got to bring the whole team on board, including Yo-Yo, who's been stuck in the Quinjet. So Mac thinks, oh, maybe Yo-Yo is the secret weapon here that she is fast enough to get the implant out of Gemma before Enoch can get to her. Right. So Colson decides that he's going to weld open the wall to op- to force open the door. But it takes him so long that by the time he does that, they jump again. Son of a bitch! <laughs> <laughs> Oh, amazing. And the fact that they cut that off a little bit made it even funnier. Yeah. (laughs) So they go through several loops trying to figure out who is the one who's trying to murder Gemma and basically stop the implant from coming out. Uh, They try different variations. Even Sousa is involved, which poor guy, he dies just by touching the damn scanner. And, you know, Daisy, as I said, she's more unsettled each time with with Sousa sticking by her when she's waking up, I think his death is a turning point for her. Yeah, it is. Because, I mean, all said and done, even though he knows that it's a time loop and it's going to get reset, the thought of him giving up his life for her, even if there's no guarantee that they will reset, they could be successful. Right. And that's why he does it so that he's like, because he's like, you need to remember you can't die. You need to remember to save the rest of us. So let me take the risk for you. Right. And he does it so casually. Yeah. No hesitation. Yeah. Not at all. And you can't help but feel for him, this guy. He's 
he's fucking amazing he is and he's a puppy yeah okay so while i get my hormones back under control we're gonna take a quick break to introduce you guys to some other podcasts you might enjoy welcome to slayerfest 98 i'm your host ian carlos crawford slayerfest 98 is a latinx run queer-centered pop culture podcast we discuss every episode of buffy the vampire slayer in order but we also talk X-Men, the MCU, and everything else nerdy and or gay. And sometimes I'm joined by... Hi, I'm James Marsters. Trixie Mattel. Anthony Oliveira, hello. Ming-Na Wen. Emily Niscom. Summer Bischel. Charisma Carpenter! Kirsten White. Hi, Amber Benson. Latoya Ferguson. It's Claire Kramer. Adam Sass. Jane Espenson, hi. Hi, this is Stacey Abrams. We can be found on Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere else podcasts are found. You can support us on Patreon to get access to our private Facebook group, patron-exclusive episodes, and more. We can be found on all social platforms at SlayerFestX98. Make sure to say hi. Any and all support is much appreciated. Thanks. Hi, I'm Kim. And I'm Jennifer. We're the hosts of the podcast Inebriated Input. Every other week, we get drunk and answer your questions. Whether it's how to handle a breakup, or your latest roommate drama, or just what you should buy if you're getting a cat, we're here for you. While drinking. A lot. And being generally charming and funny. Inebrated Input is available on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or basically anywhere you listen to your podcasts. And you can find more info at inebriatedinput.com. Cheers! So now we have we come to another really pivotal scene of the episode. Colson is so angry and so frustrated. It's a great scene between Clark Gregg and Chloe Bennett. This is one of those perfect scenes in this episode. They're both just they both just shine through so well. They've done such a wonderful job. They do. And it, it comes across just like the characters. These are two people who know each other so well. Yeah, they do. They have such great chemistry. They they have such a bond. Yeah, and they play off each other so well. Yes. It's it seems it feels so real. Yeah, and they you can see they really care for each other. Yeah, and it just breaks my heart again to have Colson doubting his humanity, calling himself a machine. It's painful. It is. But this is the thing that's got me interested. And okay, I'm not going back to my theory or anything like that. Thank God. Keep the poop away. I hope you guys know that the whole theory is a joke, right? Oh, don't even. Don't even. No, no. You No, you don't get to pull that now saying it's a joke because you have desperately wanted him to turn evil for like three weeks. Because it would be fucking fantastic. I don't deny that, but it's not. But and the, the second reason why I keep pushing on it is because it gets you worked up. Doesn't take much. (laughs) So, yeah, okay. Keeping my theory aside, the thing that he keeps repeating is that I'm a machine. I've, I've been programmed and things like that. And the moment, while they're arguing, there is a moment where he says that I have programming. Programming which won't even let me... 
It's Enoch. And then he stops and he immediately realizes that Enoch is the one. Right. He had it was an emotional journey he had to go through to solve the problem. Yes. But what was it that he was going to say? I can't even what? I don't know how important the rest of the thought is. I think it was just his mind. I think it is. I don't know. I think his mind was just working, that this theory was working in the back of his mind for a while. And he finally allowed his own emotions to come through to the forefront and it hit him. Okay, that could be it. But I think there is something... This is Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. at the end of the day. They've dropped a little nugget. I think there's something more to this. Yeah, but you know what? They drop. I can't even what? They drop a lot of nuggets, and some of them are gold, and some of them are turds. We just never know. True, but I feel like there's something to it. Well, we shall see. But what Coulson, real, what Coulson realizes is that Fitzsimmons must have, must have programmed Enoch in such a way to protect the implant at all costs. Yes. And there you go with the whole, uh, okay, again, my theory, sorry. He realizes that Enoch has been programmed like a sleeper agent. So you think he, you think Phil's worried that he could also have been programmed the same way? Yes. The details of it obviously are different, but there could be some underlying programming in him. And he wouldn't know. Yes. And going back to season one, you remember he was having this existential angst, if you will, about how he feels different after he came back. Remember? Of course. So now he's come back in a different form. Previously, he was fucked with with his head with all the Cree blood and all of that. So that's why he felt different. This time he's come back as a completely different being. He's no longer human in any way. So he's feeling different and he feels there is some lingering. Maybe he maybe it's because of that whole Cree blood thing that messed with his head and he had to do all those drawings. And he's afraid that he's got some underlying programming that he's just not activated yet. It could be. But I mean, the programming could also be positive. We don't know. It could be a positive programming, but nonetheless, positive or negative, it's fucking with his mind. That's that's the crux of it. But what we do know and find out pretty quickly is that, as we said before, Enoch is totally oblivious to what he's been doing. So they have a simple test to determine if Enoch is the culprit. They just Daisy just stands there and holds up the scanner and tries to remove the implant from Gemma. Yeah. And Enoch gets activated. He certainly does. And goddamn, did he look menacing in kill mode. Yeah, he did. That was, he was genuinely scary. Yeah, yeah, he was. If he didn't choose to side with the humans, he would have been a formidable enemy. Yeah, that was Terminator mode for sure. Yeah, totally. This gives Daisy an opportunity to quake a little. Yay, I've really missed her quaking. Yeah, and she sends him into the back of the Zephyr, at which point Enoch kind of wakes up and <laughs> gives us a classic, oh dear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, oh dear is something that I do say on and off. Yes, you do. 
I always think of it as a more British thing. Is it? I think to me it is. Okay. I don't think I can say oh dear anymore without tearing up. I mean, I we get every episode of the Great British Baking Show gives us at least five oh dears. <laughs> so these next few loops are hilarious because they keep trying to outsmart Enoch and he keeps finding them and just beating the shit out of everyone. <laughs> Yeah, you know, at this one point where the one loop where everyone goes and attacks Enoch and like a couple of moments later, they're all on the be- on, on the floor, completely defeated. Yeah, that, that did not go and well. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite loop of all. But the one thing I think Max says it is, uh, so Deke is dead. <laughs> sad about that no (laughs) no (laughs) oh my god i i almost peed a little at that scene (laughs) oh it is fucking hilarious but i couldn't help but feel a little bad for deke or for jeff ward i know because he's so good yeah it's not his it's not his fault his character is so obnoxious But like laying there and God knows how many times they must have said we should not feel sad for him. I kind of felt a little bad for the dude. Yeah. Now there's another scene we absolutely have to talk about. I just want to clarify. So you watched Agent Carter. I have not yet. But I just Mm -hmm. want to make sure. Daniel Souza is a trained spy, correct? Yes. And the best diversion he could come up with is <laughs> where does everybody eat lunch on a ship that I've been on for a while now? <laughs> is he the worst yeah. liar in the world? <laughs> hey, you can't uh, blame him. We cannot forget Chast- Chastity McBride. Even she would be appalled at this. <laughs> Honestly, and the best he could do when Enoch calls him out on this, like a sixth grade teacher who knows when a kid is cheating, the best he could do is just the look that's like, ah, come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, he didn't really have much time to think things through. No, he and he just did, and he was like given a whole information dump of time loop and yada yada yada. Like he said, it doesn't, like, I get phased. It just doesn't show on my face. No, it clearly shows up in his brain. (laughs) Which is why he's phased. Yeah. So the next loop really bugged me. So this is the loop before everyone comes in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the next loop that everybody comes in and they're all ready to take on Enoch. I've got a bone to pick with Mac here. Why is he so angry? It's not being tough. He is clearly so angry at Enoch. I'm like, dude, it's not his fault. He would jump off a fucking bridge if the other side of his brain knew what he was doing right now. But if Mac, as the director, found out that one of his team members is being killed repeatedly, he would be a bit pissed that the person is doing it, intentional or not. But it's not Enoch's fault, and they wouldn't even have survived to this point without him. I think it's also Mac's general dislike for robots that's coming into play over here. Don't care. Enoch is as human, if not more human, than the rest of them. 
True, yes. But he is still trying to kill everyone. They don't have to be angry at him. They can still take him down, but they don't have to be... Mac doesn't have to be super pissed. Oh, fair enough, yeah. I don't see why he should be, but everyone was looking kind of pissed. Even Colson. So, even on the next loop, they're not quite fast enough. We're switching up variables and assignments because Daisy realized that's what we need to do. We need more diversions. We need more trickery. And this is where she really just lets it out with Sousa, where she's like, dude, why do you care? Why are you staying here with me? And I'm just like, oh, my God, honey, open your eyes. No, you know, don't don't give her shit for it. I probably would do the same thing. So, yeah, not quite fast enough. Enoch beats them to it again. We get another loop. And finally, Daisy's like, we got to do this faster. Fuck the conversation. Get over here, Sousa. <laughs> yeah, because she she already had the conversation, right? Yeah. And she does say at that point, I can take one loop to have that conversation with him. Yeah. And she because she wakes up. It, it's on the next loop. She wakes up and she's like, I need you to do something for me. And he's like, yeah, absolutely. No problem. And that's when she it dawns on her like, oh, my God, this man is amazing. I need my mouth on his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> that's a nice way to put and it. And I'm on my couch like, <laughs> fucking finally. <laughs> yeah, they did it very well. This the, Condensing this entire storyline into this one episode, brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. And you know what it, it you know what it reminded me of Sousa's face after she what? kisses him. It reminds me of Steve's reaction in the car at the end of the first cap when Peggy kisses him out of nowhere in the car. Ah, and he's like, "What yeah, just happened?" Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> He'll roll with it. Just as Steve did. Exactly. But correct me if I'm wrong. Is this the final loop? Yes. Okay. So he does remember the kiss. Hopefully next episode. Let's hope so. Yeah. So they finally get their shit together. Enoch is diverted long enough for Daisy to get the implant out of Gemma. And holy shit, the noise of this being thing being removed is disgusting. I didn't really notice that. Oh, it was. I always noticed the medicals, medical stuff like that. I always noticed it was like this slurpy sound. Ugh. Uh, oh, OK. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean. Eh, doesn't bother me. Ugh. And no, this was not the final loop. So no, Susan will not remember because we do have a reset because we have that whole conversation in the next loop about Enoch. Right. Well, you know what? It's OK. I'm sure she'll remind him. <laughs> so once this implant is out. This scene breaks my heart, too. Elizabeth Hentridge is so good in this moment. Yeah. It comes to her right away that Enoch's core can fix the time drive, but at the cost of his life. Right. And once they have that conversation, she remembers something. Yes. Now, here's what I was able to make out through her sobs. Oh, my God. What have I done? I'm sorry. Yes. That's what I got to. I'm sorry for what? What have you done? <laughs> I can't take it anymore. <laughs> oh, so finally, less than one kilometer from the vortex, they get it done. Yeah. And Enoch does not even bother to let them finish their arguing. He just takes out his core, whatever the correct term is, 
forgive us for not remembering and gives it. Yeah. Just doesn't even bat an eye to sacrifice himself. Yeah. Yeah. He is loyal to the end. So using Enoch's core, Deke is able to fix the time drive and they're able to get out of the time storm. Yeah, and good on Deke. He manages to get it done. Yeah, so I guess it's a good thing he's not dead. (laughs) If you want to get technical about it. Mm Mm-hmm. So much love. And then we have a really poignant death scene here for Enoch. And who better than Phil Coulson to guide someone through their last moments of life? Yeah, considering the amount of experience he's had. Yeah. And you know what they say is true for real life. You know, it's always harder for those left behind. Yeah, that's true. And Daisy also knows that better than anyone. Yeah, she's also experienced a lot of loss, not just Colson, but other people in her life, too. Yeah. And I love the way, too, that she sincerely thanks Enoch for all he's done for them. Yeah. You don't really see them bonding too much over the years, but... She does care for him. She does. And that's partly because Daisy only had so much to give emotionally. She's been doing the best she can. Yeah, true. And it's no fault of hers. There's just too much going on. Logistically, from a show point of view, you can't have everyone bonding with everyone. Right. Now, before he passes on here, Enoch tells her, you know, I've seen the future. You're all going to survive, but... This is the last time the team's going to be together, which, I mean, no big surprise there because the show is ending. Yeah, it was very meta. Yeah, but my question here, as he's dying, I think there's more to this than just friendship. Why does he say fits and why does he use the past tense? Is this just writing choices, verbs, grammar, or... Is there something to it when he says he was my best friend? Just because they they've been parted, just because of the time space difference, because he's dying now, it's got me wondering. I'm I'm actually a bit there are two sides that I'm constantly just ping-ponging about. One part of me says that he's using the past tense because he is dying. Mm-hmm. Which would make sense. Yeah, and it makes sense. The other part of it is connecting to Gemma completely breaking down. Yeah. Something else is going on over there. And even though, like, yes, we know the show is ending, but what Enoch says that I've seen the future, the team will not survive. And all of that, I think shit has gone down. This again, like, I think this brings me back to another theory of mine, which is this is the second time round. Mm-hmm. And something has gone seriously wrong in the first time, which is what made Gemma break down. Yeah. Yeah, that could very well be. Maybe Fitz died in that previous attempt. I mean, why not? He's died once before. Yeah. Or what if... Ooh, new theory. Here we go. What if Fitz is also a chronicom? You think Fitz died and they uploaded his consciousness to a chronicom body? Yeah. Think about it. They've done a lot in terms of progression from the LMDs 
and taking the technology from Chronocoms to create, well, fill at this point, what caused them to want to do this besides getting Colson back? It could have been that Fitz died and they needed Fitz in order to solve the puzzle. Oh, man. Which is why they probably think he's so exposed. He's amongst the Chronicoms. Hold on. I got to take my headphones off because there's blood leaking out of my ears. <laughs> oh, man. That could be. That could be. Mm. Or he's like in a coma or something like that. And he's just, you know, jacked into the mainframe, if you will. And that is why Gemma is so horrified. Like, what have I done? Yeah. Well, we'll find out sometime in the next month. Yeah. Did you notice that Enoch's core looks a lot like Tony's arc reactor? Oh, it makes sense. Doesn't it? It looks. It looked quite a bit like it. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I mean, it makes sense for a device of that nature to look like that. I don't. I okay. don't think that's anything. No, I'm not saying it is something. It just, it looked familiar. It looked similar. Yeah. So proof that Tony Stark had a heart. This was Enoch's heart. Okay, I cried enough. I'm done. (laughs) So we end here with Nathaniel Douchebag teaching. Oh, I really could have done without that fucking scene. Yeah, he is... It would have been perfect with Enoch's death and that's it. Yeah, I know what you mean, but I get that they wanted to show what Malik is up to to prep us for the next episode, but yeah, I agree. I could have done without this. It was a brilliant episode, only for the shitty thing to be shoved in at the end. Yeah, I feel like it would have been fine for the promo. Yeah. So Malik is teaching Cora to use and control her powers. And I think it's quite clear that he's poisoning her against Daisy somehow. Yeah. Did you get like a whole, like he has the hots for her kind of vibe? No, I think for him it's just power. Yeah, like. I think pa- I think I think power is what he gets off on. It's her powers, not her physically. Okay. But I wouldn't be surprised if they become a weird, creepy couple. Maybe like something like the Joker and Harley Quinn. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I don't think it's a a sexual thing in terms of her as a female. I think it's about the powers. Yeah, he gets off on that. That's what attracts him. Yeah. To her. All right, so that about wraps it up for As I Have Always Been. And now we have a few people that we would like to thank. At MCU and AOS Stuff, thank you so much for all the love and the endorsement that you've given us. We really appreciate it. And then we've got two people who have been amazing in sharing some of our tweets. At Fernand49807766. And especially Sydney at Temple TV 101. Thank you so much for sharing our tweet about Yo-Yo. It's so important for women to support and empower each other. And you are doing just that by sharing Yo-Yo's journey with others. And at Giovanni Perla, you've been so supportive on our social media, pretty much from the start of the podcast. Thank you so much. And finally, at Hal2814, dude, you are hilarious. and You've been awesome sharing the show with people. Thank you so much. We love all of you guys. Thank you so much. 
So, listeners, our question for you this week is, what has Gemma done? What is she sorry for? (laughs) Oh, I can just hear the ideas ping-ponging around in your head about all the different ways Fitz could have died. Well, I think by now everyone knows how much I love Fitz. Email us at themarvelousmadams at gmail.com or let us know on Twitter or Instagram at marvelmadams. And guys, be as graphic as you want about how how you would have killed Fitz. (laughs) That's just lovely. Yeah. (laughs) Real mature. (laughs) Thanks to all you madams for joining us today. I'm Madam Chris. And I'm Madam Amy. Assemble with us next week for episode 10 of the final season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Stolen. If you guys are enjoying the show and we're bringing some laughter into your life, please share the podcast with someone you think would also enjoy listening to our crazy asses. And visit us at themarvelousmadams.com, where infinity stones are a girl's best friend. It's not mean! That was a compliment, you jackass! (laughs) (laughs) The juxtaposition of it's a compliment, you jackass! (laughs) (laughs) It's true! I'm an aggressive complimenter. (laughs) In aggressively, yeah. (laughs) 